Welcome to the Gospel Addict Podcast. I'm Greg Bryan. And I'm Jim Resky. We're gospel addicts because we believe the gospel of Jesus isn't just good news, it's the best news ever. We're addicted to the gospel because it doesn't just start us out in the Christian life, it is the Christian life. Join us as we look at the Bible through the lens of the gospel. Thanks so much for listening. I love the fact that you're talking about the potential that the yes. church has, the potential for the American yes. church in reaching the lost and and that that's really what we need to what we need to be about. And I love the fact that you're not you're not like a full-time Christian worker and, no, uh, and, and you're being you're being convicted yet. You're not yet. We, we should. Oh, say, yeah. Right. <laughs> maybe, maybe one day you well, will be. But but, you know, yeah. the Apostle Paul was a tent maker. Right. You, know, you don't have to be in full time missions to do abundantly more in in missions work than anybody could dream. And so really that, you know, I'm, I'm speaking a little bit of Ephesians 320 there. But, you know, we, we often don't believe Christ when he says that, or, you know, Paul, speaking for God, that he can do abundantly more than anything we can ask, think, or imagine. Like, that is a radical promise. Like, have we really thought and considered about that, that God is so powerful and wants to move so radically through us, not in a crazy radical way, but he wants to move so powerfully through us that all he's asking is that we love and obey, pray, surrender, and then do something for him. And he will show up. And uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very excited about that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's great. You know, that, I think. Uh, well, I, th I think it's great that you're, you know, um, you know, you could easily be just happy as a, a school teacher and uh, living, living the middle class life. But then the mm -hmm. Lord really uh, convicted you um, of of, uh, you know, this, this need to really reach out to your neighbors. And I'd love to hear, uh, you know, what are some things you and you're doing practically on that level yeah. um, right now? Yeah. Well, and it's funny, you know, I, I think I learned through writing these books, you know, and I, I think that's mentioned by, I think the apostle Paul a little bit that you teach yourself as you write, but um, you know, I've been reaching out to my neighbors more than I ever have. And so my one neighbor um, over on the north side of me, uh, he says he he has a faith, but it doesn't show the fruits. And he he grew up with um, a little bit of Baptist, a little bit of Presbyterian. He's Catholic currently. You know, he's he's had experience with all kinds of different um, flavors of Christianity. And um, so I'm, I'm slowly, you know, talking to him and working through things. Then I have a neighbor across the street who's older. And he, unfortunately, he's gone through some hard things. Um, he had COVID and they told him to get his things ready because he wasn't going to make it. And miraculously, he came through and just praised God for that. But then his sister recently passed away. So um, the things about, you know, the end of life concerns of death and what happens after death. And as he puts it, um, can I talk to my spirit, which is his way of saying, do I have a spirit? can I interact with the spiritual sense of me and, um, and what does it mean? And so I've talked to him, I've given him the gospel message as, as I did my other neighbor. Um, this, this neighbor, this older gentleman is more receptive and um, I, I'm really eager to have another conversation with him about it. 
And then we have a family on the south side of us who is about our age, really. They have kids right around our, our kids' ages, and uh, we hang out with them. I walk with them often to school, which is just down the street. And uh, I've talked to them about things, and I'm trying to invite them to Wana, which is a wonderful ministry our church just started. And um, uh, I, I, I see a lot of potential in that relationship. But I'm, I'm really, I'm focused on reaching my whole block. So um, some of the resources that I have at the end of the book are to, to ch- challenge people to think of different ways to reach out to their neighbors. And uh, I'm, I'm in the process of trying to come up with some ways that I can really um, start conversations with everybody on my block and for everybody to know, you know, we're the Andersons, we love you. Um, and then also that God loves you too. And that God has a plan for your life if you're willing to surrender to him. So that's excellent. That's excellent. I know, uh, my wife and I, we live on a cul-de-sac and when we first moved in here, uh, we started kind of an annual, um, kind of barbecue on the cul-de-sac kind of thing, uh, or picnic, you know, and just as a way to get to know one another. And we did it for a couple of years and, and I gotta be honest, I've, I, we, we haven't done it in, in, uh, in some time. And so you're, uh, convicting me that, um, cause I think you're right. I think we, if, if all of us who are Christ followers, if we just intentionally, um, got to know our neighbors, built relationships with them, friendships, yeah. like not even like with any strings attached, um, yeah. And as we rub shoulders with them and look for um, practice, some spiritual curiosity with them, you know, some conversations could, could uh, come up that could be life-changing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really good. Randy, you wanted to say something earlier and I interrupted you. I apologize for that. Oh, no. Remember? (laughs) Nothing to apologize for. I do. Um, There, there is a um, quote that I had shared with Kelton, but as Kelton described what we do and what we present, I think sometimes it's because we don't present Jesus for who he really is. We we present this uh, watered-down version of Jesus. And I was thinking about a story in C.S. Lewis in the Chronicles of Narnia where um, a little girl, Jill, is uh, wanting to go to this river to get a drink. And this is what it says. Are you not thirsty, said the lion. I'm dying of thirst, said Jill. Then drink, said the lion. May I, could I? Would you mind going away while I do, said Jill? The lion answered, this is the only, um, uh, only by a look and a very low growl. And as Jill gazed at its motionless bulk, she realized she might as well have asked the entire mountain to move aside for her convenience. The delicious rippling noise of the stream was driving her nearly frantic. Will you promise not to do anything to me if I do come, said Jill? I make no promise, said the lion. Jill was so thirsty now that without noticing it, she had come a step closer. Do you eat girls, she said. I have swallowed up girls and boys, women and men, kings and emperors, cities and realms, said the lion. It didn't say this as if it were boasting, nor as if it were sorry, nor as if it were angry. It just said it. I dare not come and drink, said Jill. Then you will die of thirst, said the lion. 
Oh, dear, said Jill, coming another step nearer. I suppose I must go look for another stream then. There is no other stream, said the lion. Um, that's from the book, The Silver Chair. But I just love that idea that he's so vast. You know, we ask the God of the universe to move and get out of the way for us to, you know, will you make me a promise that you won't ask, you know, don't ever ask me to do something. He's like, I make no promises. I'm I'm in charge. I'm, this is, you know, we get in line under him and um, not asking him to get in line under us. So I just love that. But um, I think I'm trying to remember what chapter that was. And maybe when your chapter, you talked about the prodigal son as well. And mm, I think yeah. in that chapter, we see God's heart for the loss. One of the things that hits me on that is that that. When you really want to make an emphasis, you repeat something. Um, and so Jesus repeated three times stories of the lost, the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the lost son, showing God's incredible heart for the lost. Um, so, but anyways, I just, maybe one of the issues on Jesus for, uh, not for who he really is. Yeah. Well, as we bring our discussion to a close, um, I mentioned it earlier, but let's mention it again. Where can people find your book? What's the, how, how, where's it available? Yeah, so it's in your favorite formats. It's in Kindle on Amazon. It's in paperback on Amazon. And it's also an audiobook, uh, which is only available. The audiobook is only available at www.clickbook.com baitgospel.com so the title of the book clickbaitgospel.com uh, um, and you can listen to the first five minutes of the book on clickbait gospel so you can get an idea of whether or not you'd be interested in the audiobook um, i think it's very high quality but um, you know you can get a sense for what you think um, but yeah it and is then um, towards the end of the book um, i do mention a title that i'm working on currently uh, which is called wholly different um, and it dives into uh, the aspects of holiness and love. Wow. So you're already working on your second book. And yeah, yeah, it's about 50% your first done. One, your, your first one hasn't even gone public yet, and you're working on your second one. Man. <laughs> it is public today. It is, it is live today. It yeah. is live today. So uh, clickbaitgospel.com, or they can go to Amazon and, and search for it and find it. Um, yep. Well, Kelton, is there any anything else you want to say as we bring this to a close? I, I love the very first, um, one of the first things in the book you talk about, it says, I believe in a breathtaking gospel. I believe in a yes. life-altering impact, It that its life-altering impact is so severe that it gives us more than a purpose. It gives us a new life. And I, I love the, I, I love the idea that um, you know, the gospel, it's, it's, it's actually, it's not just good news. It's the best news ever. And, and yes. it, and it Amen. really, if you really, really understand the gospel of Jesus, it will change your life. And, and yep. it's, and it's irresistible. How could you not, you know, um, it, it's, it blows my mind that people reject it. Um, when, if you, if you uh if you really understand it but is there any any final thoughts you want to share well um 
first of all, I would just say thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, so, you know, I would just remind the listeners of Second Peter 1.10. It says, therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to make your calling and election sure. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. And um, just to remember that Christ promises a, a new life after, you know, a saving faith, a calling on Christ, if you truly call on him. And if you're not living that out, you have to question whether or not you understand and you've truly repented. And so um, just challenging people to really take Jesus at his word, at what he said, and to live out a different kind of life for the gospel, for God's sake, um, because of the love and the grace that you've been shown. And if you're not finding peace and you're not finding joy and satisfaction in Christ, then that probably means that you have a gospel issue, that you have not understood the gospel um, as it should be. And um, I do want to say a word of encouragement to those who are stuck in ongoing sin and struggling with that. Um, that struggle is a good struggle and don't give up. Um, so what, I, what I'm not trying to say here is that you will have a perf perfect life after calling on Christ in, in, a, in the, the right manner, right? Um, what I am saying is that when you surrender, you will be so, um, so in love with Christ in a way that you will want to obey him and that um, those sins, they, they will have in, in time, God will, will find a way to lessen their hold on your life and you will find victory. Um, but in the meantime, let's do everything that we can to be loving God and loving others the way that we're supposed to and, yes. and trust him when he says that Amen. he's going to do abundantly more than we can ask, dream, or imagine. Like that is an incredible promise and that he's working all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. You know, um, that's another wonderful promise that we have to hold on to. Amen. Yeah, I love... Um... <clears throat> that idea of surrender. Um, and then the other word that, you know, when you're living, when you're living this life, I think the other word is struggle. Um, cause I think it is a struggle cause we're wrestling with, um, you know, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Um, it, it's, it's a battle. So those, those are two powerful words. Randy, any closing thoughts? Yeah. I would encourage you guys to pick up the book if you haven't. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gospel Addict Podcast. Feel free to contact us via email at gospeladdictpodcast at gmail.com. Stay tuned for our next episode. And remember, on your worst days, you're never beyond the reach of God's grace. And on your best days, you're never beyond the need of God's grace. See you next time.